You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for December 10th, 2022 Saturday reading of the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. APS Superintendent Rico Munn is stepping aside without making clear why or what comes next. By Karina Julig. In an apparent referendum, APS board votes 4-3 on Superintendent Munn exit pact. By Karina Julig. Aurora launches $35 million road maintenance push bypassing voter approval. By Max Levy. High Note, Local School Voted Best in Nation by Industry Group, by Karina Julig, and following up with miscellaneous articles. In an apparent referendum, APS Board votes 4-3 on Superintendent Munn Exit Pact, by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 7, 2022. Aurora Aurora Public Schools will begin the search for a new superintendent and the appointment of an interim superintendent for next semester after the school board voted 4-3 to three to accept a transition plan put forward by current superintendent Rico Munn at its Tuesday night meeting. On December 2nd, the board announced that Munn will be leaving the district at the end of the school year and that the board would vote Tuesday on a transition plan he submitted, under which he would serve in an advisory role for the spring semester and the board would name an acting superintendent during the search for his replacement. The message did not stipulate a specific reason for why Munn is leaving except to note that his current contract is up at the end of this school year. Before the vote, comments from several board members made the decision appear to be a referendum on his performance. Quote, One of the things that needs to be noted is the significant improvement that this district has made and has continued to make under the leadership of Director Munn, unquote. Board member Michael Carter said, quote, It is not rhetorical, it's quantifiable, unquote. This was the first time the board has met publicly since the announcement. On November 22nd, the board had a meeting in executive session where the only item on the agenda was a discussion of the superintendent's contract. Ultimately, board members Tramine Duncan, Vicki Reinhardt, Stephanie Mason, and Michelle Ortiz voted to accept the transition plan, and Carter, Ann Keek, and board president Debbie Gherkin voted not to accept it. Mason, Reinhardt, and Ortiz also voted no in the ultimate vote to accept Munn's recommendation for the most recent phase of Blueprint APS, which included the closure of Paris and Sable Elementary Schools over significant community objections. The three along with Duncan had expressed frustration with the district and at times Munn specifically over how the process was handled. On Tuesday, Gherkin acknowledged that Quote, this is a difficult conversation, unquote, and asked the board to make the decision that they felt was the best for APS students. After a motion was put forward to accept the transition agreement, 
Kirkin said she thought the agreement itself was well put together and that, quote, the only thing that's wrong with it is that it's a transition agreement and not an extended contract, unquote. Quote, that's what I'll say about that, unquote, she said. Quote, although I know that it's largely ceremonial, I will be voting no, unquote. Keek also said that she, quote, could not see herself voting yes, unquote, on the agreement and would have preferred unextended contract. She voiced concerns that Mun's departure will lead to another period of instability in the district after the tumultuous years of the pandemic. While she and Mun have had their disagreements, she said that she appreciated everything that he has done for APS students and their families and was grateful for the stability he provided the district during the pandemic. Quote, you are an amazing risk manager, and I've come to see that, unquote, she said. Quote, I don't understand what is going on, but I can only wish you the best, unquote. Ortiz said she initially hadn't been planning to speak because the board, quote, had an agreement to do this peacefully and what I thought was without commentary, unquote. Quote, it's time for a change for our district, unquote, she said. Quote, it's time for healing, it's time for trust, and my vote will speak to those things, unquote. Carter said that he would be voting no. Quote, I understand democracy is messy, but that does not mean my voice should not count, unquote, he said. Two people discussed Munn during public comment. A representative from the Community College of Aurora thanked Munn on behalf of President Mordecai Brownlee. Michelle Pacheco, Dean of Admissions at CCA, thanked Mun for his work on the college's advisory council and the collaborative leadership he has demonstrated. Quote, CCA is committed to the APS partnership and we are really excited about the P-TECH pipeline that is underway. Unquote, she said. Former school board member and current APS Foundation Vice President Monica Culber Burton also commended Munn. Quote, Our district is a better place because of Superintendent Munn's leadership. Unquote, she said. Quote, Thousands of students' lives, including my own, have been impacted by his unwavering commitment to push harder and to demand more. Rico Munn prioritizes every student every day. Unquote. She then asked the board members to conduct the superintendent search, quote, with integrity and transparency, unquote. Quote, our students are counting on you to put them first, all of our students. Our community is watching and wants to be engaged in this process, unquote, she said. After the vote, Gherkin said that an acting superintendent will be named in the coming weeks and that a, quote, robust search, unquote, for a new superintendent will begin right away. Quote, community input will be a critical component to this search and you will be hearing more about how you can be involved as soon as those details are available. Unquote, she said. According to the terms of the agreement, one will remain active as superintendent through the end of this month and on January 1st will be placed on administrative leave to devote his time to implementing the transition plan. His contract will expire at the end of June. From July through December of next year, 
Mun will serve as an independent contractor to the district to help onboard the new superintendent, for which he will be paid a total of $45,000. The agreement includes a non-disparagement clause for Mun and the board members stipulating that neither, quote, will make or publish to others any accusations or adverse or disparaging comments or statements about the other or in the case of Mr. Munn about the school district, its current or former board members or staff, unquote. The transition plan, a full copy of which was shared with the Sentinel by the district, includes details on how to ensure the continuity of district leadership, community partnerships, and projects. Quote, given my relatively long tenure, an emphasis should be placed on stability and on a transfer of institutional knowledge, unquote, Munn said in the agreement, which is dated October 6th with revisions in November and December. District and board officials have not said who will be named as acting superintendent, but the transition plan recommends that it be Mark Seglum, current APS chief of staff. The plan said that Seglum does not intend to apply for the permanent position and has the necessary experience and relationships to ensure a stable transition. The plan suggests that the board have an increased number of meetings in the winter months and a series of board trainings to ensure they have all the information they need on major processes. It also suggests that it increase its budget to accommodate the expenses connected to a superintendent search. The plan said that there is a, quote, national shortage, unquote, of candidates with the necessary experience and that the board will need to work with a recruiter and potentially make changes to compensation or job expectations in light of national trends. To ensure retention at lower levels, the plan recommends that board members meet directly with school leaders and to put together a draft superintendent profile by the end of January so that employees have an understanding early on of the direction the board will be taking. APS Superintendent Rico Munn is stepping aside without making clear why or what comes next by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 8, 2022. Aurora Public Schools Superintendent Rico Munn will transition to a supporting role next semester as the district searches for a new superintendent for the upcoming school year, district officials announced December 2nd. Munn has been at the helm of Colorado's fifth largest school district for more than nine years. His current contract expires at the end of this school year and he will not be seeking to extend it. In a news release posted on the district's website last week, APS School Board President Debbie Kirkin said that at its next meeting on December 6th, the board will vote on a transition agreement plan and will start the search for a new superintendent later this month. In a 4-3 on December 6th, the school board voted to accept the transition plan, with some expressing consternation that Munn is leaving and others saying that the district needed a change. Quote, I am incredibly proud of the difficult and crucially important work that we have done together to accelerate learning for every APS student every day, unquote, Munn said in a statement. Quote, 
I thank the community for allowing me to serve our diverse and dynamic students, unquote. Mun will transition into a support role starting next semester and will serve the district in a modified schedule through the end of the 2022 through the 2023 school year, according to the release. An acting superintendent will be named for the second semester of the current school year, and Mun has agreed to support the district in the first semester of the 2023 through the 2024 school year as the new superintendent comes aboard. In the release, Gherkin thanked Mun for his time with the district and said that more information about the search will be shared as soon as it is available. Quote, on behalf of the Board of Education, I would like to sincerely thank Superintendent Mun for his many years of service to the Aurora Public Schools and his continued dedication to this community, unquote, she said. Except for mentioning that his contract expires, the release did not provide a specific reason for why Mun is stepping down. It did not clarify whether the interim superintendent will be someone currently on APS leadership team or someone brought in from outside. District representatives declined to provide more detail Friday evening on how the transition process will work, and Gherkin declined to speak until after the December 6th meeting. Quote, Since the APS Board of Education is handling the transition for Superintendent Munn, I am unfortunately not able to provide any additional information beyond the letter that was sent to our community this afternoon. Unquote. Spokesperson Corey Christensen said in an email, Munn joined APS in 2013, succeeding Air Force veteran and current wings over the Rockies president John Barry. Prior to joining APS, he was a litigator at a national law firm for over a decade. He formerly served on the board of the ACLU of Colorado and was on the Board of Governors for the Colorado State University System from 2012 to 2020. He was a finalist in 2020 for the Green Garner Award, the nation's highest urban education honor, and in 2019 was named Colorado Superintendent of the Year. One will be the latest in a number of metro area superintendents who have left their positions since 2020. Of Colorado's five largest school districts, he is the only current superintendent who was in place before the pandemic started. Previous Cherry Creek Superintendent Scott Siegfried retired at the end of the previous school year after just three years at the helm, citing a need to spend more time with his family. Former Jeffco Public Schools Superintendent Jason Glass left in the fall of 2020 to take a state commissioner job in Kentucky. Former Denver Schools Superintendent Susanna Cordova also left in 2020 to take a position in Dallas after an at times turbulent two-year stint. Former Douglas County Public Schools Superintendent Corey Wise was fired without cause by the school board in February following the election of a slate of new conservative-leaning members who criticized his actions during the pandemic. He is currently suing the district for wrongful termination. As for teachers, the last few years have been uniquely stressful for superintendents as schools have dealt with the ongoing public health and academic effects of the pandemic. 
Schools have also borne the brunt of clashes over issues such as masking and how or to what extent schools should teach students about topics such as race and LGBTQ issues that have turned into pitched partisan battles. It's unclear whether this has translated into superintendents leaving at higher rates than usual. A RAND survey from earlier this year found that 13% of superintendents left their jobs between 2021 and 2022, a rate the researchers did not believe was above average, but that half of superintendents surveyed said they were considering leaving or were not sure how long they would remain. Unlike some other metro area districts, APS has not been the site of significant controversy over its pandemic response or culture war issues such as whether, quote, critical race theory, unquote, is being taught in the classroom. Along with the pandemic, the district's main source of upheaval in recent years has involved the implementation of Blueprint APS. The district's new long-term facilities plan, which has involved the closure and repurposing of some neighborhood schools throughout the district. The plan has been unpopular with a number of families and teachers in schools that have been closed or are scheduled for future closure, some of whom have blamed Munn specifically for the decisions. The district has maintained that closures of schools with low enrollment are a painful necessity to best steward the district's resources and prevent inequities from developing between schools of different sizes. Though avoiding the level of rancor that has developed in some other districts, one has at times clashed with school board members and the teachers' union, particularly over pandemic school operations and Blueprint APS. On Monday, current Aurora Education Association President Linnea Reed Ellis said she hopes that the union has a voice in the search for Munn's successor, and that it's important that the district selects a superintendent, quote, that reflects our community and our community's values, unquote. Quote, right now we're really listening for and hoping for educator perspective and voice in each step in the decision-making process, unquote, she said. Munn's tenure at APS has been bookended by crisis. He started his stint as superintendent in July 2013, just a year after the Aurora Theater shooting that left the city and the school district reeling. The last several years have been consumed by the pandemic, as the district has worked to address first how to teach tens of thousands of students as the virus raged and later how to manage its ongoing behavioral and academic effects. During the pandemic, APS became a remote school almost overnight and was also the largest distributor of free meals in Aurora for almost a year as its nutrition department worked to meet students' basic needs. The first semester of the 2020 through the 2021 school year was particularly challenging for the district, as it struggled to balance the desire for as much in-person learning as possible with health concerns. As a result, students ended up shifting between different modes of learning multiple times during the school year. The pandemic led to some of the biggest clashes Munn had with both the school board and the union. At times in the fall of 2021, 
the board overrode his recommendations and decided to keep students in online learning out of an abundance of caution. In the spring, a dispute with the AEA boiled over regarding potential changes to the schedule, with the union accusing Munn of being unreceptive and him accusing it of being dishonest. In a report compiled last year, Analyzing the lessons learned from the pandemic response, the district found that it had been flexible and resilient in the face of tumult but that students, particularly students of color and students from low-income families, struggled and will need targeted support in the following years to make up for the losses. Quote, we will not fully understand and appreciate the impact of COVID-19 on our kids and on this district for many years to come, unquote. One said during a school board meeting last year. The story of APS trajectory during one's tenure has been one of both rise and fall. Earlier this year, the district made the decision to implement a new logo, partly fueled by the rationale that APS is not the same district as it was in the 2000s and early 2010s. According to data presented to the school board in June, in 2010, APS had a graduation rate of 45.5% and a dropout rate of 6.9%. In 2021, its graduation rate was 76.2% and its dropout rate was 1.6%. Quote, we are not the district we were in the past, unquote. District Communications Officer Patty Moon said at the meetings. One's biography on the district website states that since 2013, quote, APS has eliminated the graduation equity gap and experienced a 25% overall increase in graduation rates, a 50% decline in dropout rates, a 70% decline in expulsions, a 60% decrease in referrals to law enforcement, and an overall increase in academic achievement, student growth, and college readiness indicators, unquote. During that time, the district has also earned its first state athletic championship in over two decades and gained another Colorado Teacher of the Year, its first since 2012. At that time, APS has struggled with issues including an increase in youth violence in Aurora the nationwide learning loss caused by the effects of the pandemic, and schools that have struggled for years to improve academically. It has also weathered its fair share of scandals, including a 2019 incident where a dean at an APS school brought a loaded gun to school and threatened staff, and a $5.5 million settlement to two students who were sexually abused by a Rangeview High School employee. One of the district's biggest current challenges is how to respond to declining enrollment in the district. While enrollment is increasing along the E-470 corridor due to development, enrollment in the district overall has been on a downward trajectory and in the past five years has lost 3,600 students. The district is currently in the process of implementing Blueprint APS, its new long-range facilities plan in response to this trend. The plan has attracted heavy criticism, particularly in the past year after the district announced the scheduled closures of Paris and Sable Elementary Schools. 
which were originally not on a list of district schools under consideration for being repurposed. Blueprint began in 2018 and will be one of Mun's major marks on the district. How a new superintendent views the plan, which is only partially complete, could significantly impact the district and is likely to be a key source of discussion during the selection process. Aurora Public Schools is the most diverse school district in the state, with a student body that is over 56% Hispanic and 17% Black. Students in the district come from over 130 countries and speak 160 languages, and over 42% are learning English as a second language. Bun, who is the district's 16th superintendent, is the first black person to lead APS. During his tenure, the district has worked to increase the hiring and retention of employees of color, which has been shown to improve outcomes for students. Following the protests for racial justice that swept the nation in 2020, Munn said he realized the district needed to be more vocal about why equity work was important. Quote, we have done really good work trying to elevate voices and trying to identify and speak to key equity issues, unquote, one told the Sentinel in an interview last year. Quote, but we have not necessarily been as explicit about the why and the imperative around that as I think we could be and needed to be in this moment in time, unquote. In a guest column for the Sentinel in June 2020, one wrote about his, quote, complicated, unquote, relationship with America as a black man, where he is, quote, outraged by injustice but never surprised by it, unquote. He discussed the lessons that his father, an immigrant from the West Indies who died earlier this year, taught him about life. Quote, he taught me I would always have to fight for what was mine, unquote, one said. Quote, he taught me that the system and its enforcers would actively oppose me. He taught me to fight for my life every day. Thankfully, and most importantly, he taught me that my faith and my education would be my greatest weapons. Unquote. That mix of pragmatism and optimism has been a thorough line throughout Mun's time at APS, in many ways mirroring the trajectory of Aurora itself what outlook the school board will search for in its next superintendent and how they will lead remains to be seen. Aurora launches $35 million road maintenance push bypassing voter approval by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 8, 2022. Aurora, Dilapidated neighborhood streets across Aurora are due for a facelift starting in 2023 as the city prepares to use $35 million borrowed without voter approval to catch up on a backlog of deferred road maintenance. Over the next two years, roads in 35 neighborhoods across the city will be rehabilitated, starting with those identified as having the most urgent structural problems. Quote, with this one-time money, we're going to be able to get these maintenance needs taken care of, unquote, said Councilmember Dustin Zvanik, who sponsored the Built Up Aurora plan. Quote, from here, 
I'd like to see us start chipping away at that list of capital projects that are needed in our city. Unquote. Along with crime and homelessness, the condition of Aurora's roads was one of the top concerns that Svanik said he heard from constituents while on the campaign trail in 2021. Aurora community activists and city leaders have been unable for several years to persuade local voters to approve large roads packages, offering plans with low new taxes and even no new taxes. Lynn Center, Deputy Director of Public Works for the city, told the city council in May that the average condition of the nearly 1,300 miles of roadway managed by the city was approximately 69 on a scale of 1 to 100. The city's website states that 58% of the city's road network would be rated as, quote, fair, unquote, or worse, according to national standards. The $35 million behind the built-up Aurora plan was borrowed using certificates of participation. It's a financing tool that can be used by cities in the same way as general obligation bonds, while bypassing certain state laws on government-incurred debt. While general obligation bonds are subject to a section of the Colorado Constitution that generally requires local governments to get the approval of voters before issuing debt to be paid off over multiple years, certificates of participation are uniquely exempt from that requirement, leading some fiscal conservatives to view the tool as an end run around the taxpayer's bill of rights. Quote, there is a long-standing provision in our state's constitution that multi-year debt can't be issued without a vote of the people, unquote, said Joshua Scharf, senior fellow in fiscal policy at the Independence Institute. Quote, it is possible to be fiscally responsible with certificates of participation, but the temptation to misuse them is why we don't like them, unquote. Scharf acknowledged that he had a limited knowledge of Build Up Aurora or how Aurora planned to use the certificates of participation issued as part of the plan. Center and Aurora's budget officer, Greg Hayes, said in an email that the city had issued close to $32 million in debt in September, raising $35 million in project funds. The city expects to make annual payments of about $2.5 million every year through 2042 to pay down the debt, they said. Aurora has struggled for years to keep up with a backlog of road repairs. Zvanek said the problem dated back to the Great Recession when the city decided to dial back road maintenance as a way of saving money. Quote, the gap just grew over time and the roads that weren't repaired became much more expensive to repair, unquote, he said. Quote, we weren't keeping up, unquote. Starting in 2016, budgetary constraints also meant the city would only prioritize busier roads, and maintenance was timed using a fixed schedule rather than flexibly based on the degradation of the pavement itself, city representatives said. Quote, with built-up Aurora and the one-time addition of funds, we are able to return to prioritizing all classifications of streets based on pavement condition, unquote. City spokeswoman Julie Patterson wrote in an email.
with the most expensive repairs funded by the Certificates of Participation and more money budgeted for road maintenance moving forward, it will again be possible for the city to stay on top of maintenance needs moving forward, Zvanik said. Residential streets throughout the city in need of repairs, including everything from concrete repair to street reconstruction, have been identified and included on a map of projects scheduled to break ground in 2023. Hayes and Center wrote that the city has awarded one of three contracts for concrete repair, including curb, gutter, and sidewalk work, while the other two contracts were moving through the process for advertising. Pavement rehabilitation contracts would likely be advertised early in the first quarter of 2023, they wrote. Zvanek said he began formulating the idea for the Build Up Aurora plan before he was elected to the council when he was still serving as a volunteer on the Citizens Advisory Budget Committee. The city council voted unanimously in June and July to approve the issuance of certificates of participation of the plan. According to the Build Up Aurora webpage, the first repair projects will focus on concrete repair, followed by paving work, with the most degraded roads receiving attention first. On the topic of financing the city's capital projects, Zvanik said he would be interested in earmarking the money that the city spends currently on debt service for projects with the idea that, once the associated debts are paid down, the money would be ready to commit to another project. He also defended the use of certificates of participation, saying that raising the same money via a general obligation bond would have required the city to wait until the fall 2023 election to ask voters for permission, while the problem of crumbling roads is affecting residents today. Quote, you're not going to find many more ardent defenders of Tabor than me but I do think certificates of participation can be a smart way for local governments to address capital needs when we don't necessarily need to go to taxpayers, unquote, he said. Quote, we're never going to have $30 million or $50 million just sitting around to pay as we go. I think we need to figure out creative ways to do debt financing. High Note Local School Voted Best in Nation by Industry Group by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 9, 2022. Centennial Just nine days after moving into a new building, the Colorado Music Institute celebrated another milestone, being named National Music School of the Year. The award was given by the Music Academy Success System, a trade association for music academies across North America that currently has around 300 members. Wendy Cuttingham, owner and managing director of the Institute, said it was an honor to bring the award home to the Denver area. Quote, music for us is all about joy, unquote, she said Wednesday at an award ceremony and ribbon cutting. Originally opened as the Colorado Drum Institute in 1996, the school gradually increased the number of instruments it taught over the years, most recently adding a woodwind and brass section. 
In 2012, it was purchased by the Cottingham family and has continued to grow. The school has moved locations several times and was most recently in the Southfield Center off of East Arapahoe Road and South Peoria Street. At the end of November, it moved just a mile down the road to an office park on East Cayley Avenue. The new building is more than twice the size of its last space and has allowed the school to increase from 17 teaching rooms to 24 individual teaching rooms, three group rooms, and a recital space. Even with the bigger space, the Institute's spots are already entirely full on Mondays. Quote, Our motto is, What a wonderful problem to have, unquote, said manager Emily Wangler. Each room has a video camera that records onto a monitor in the school's lobby so that parents can watch their students' lessons while still giving them some space. The school also has a recording studio that can plug into any teaching room in the building. Along with hosting the school's own events, the recital space is being used by the Arapahoe Philharmonic for its practices. The group rooms include one room lined wall-to-wall -wall with electronic keyboards for group piano lessons and another room used for a preschool music class. Quote, it's a great option for people who call and say, my three-year-old loves music, can he play the trumpet? Unquote, Wingler said. The school has grown dramatically in the past few years. In March 2020, it had 450 students and around 100 left once the pandemic started. It built its way back since then and is currently just shy of 1,000 students. Wangler credited the school's growth to its inclusive and friendly atmosphere and the talent of its teachers, some of whom have been with the school for over a decade. Quote, Everyone has an influential teacher in their lives, and I think we have some of those here, unquote, she said. Marty Fort, CEO of the Music Academy Success System, said the award is in its 15th year and is chosen by the organization's members, who this year gathered at Graceland to hear presentations from the finalists and vote on a winner. He said that Cottingham's passion is what made her stand out. Quote, Wendy has a high standard for excellence, unquote, he said. At the ceremony, a brass quintet performed a rendition of, quote, America the Beautiful, unquote, in observance of Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Fort then presented the school with a check for $1,000 and a trophy. Centennial Mayor Stephanie Pico and Alejandra Garza, a representative from the office of Congressman Jason Crow, the Centennial congratulated the school on their contributions to the community. Garza read a declaration that Crow delivered in Washington, D.C. on the floor of the house commending the school and spoke about how important learning music can be for young people who in today's tech-saturated world have fewer opportunities to create things with their own hands. Quote, there is nothing like it coming from a place in your heart. Unquote, she said. Jackson Castens, 17, has been playing the piano for about 12 years and became a student at the Institute in the winter of 2019. 
He also composes music for multiple instruments and said that since coming to the institute, he's seen both his piano and his composing skills improve. Quote, I've really seen this school grow, unquote, he said. Quote, it's really cool, unquote. His teacher, Carrie Cottingham, has been with the school since the 2000s. In 2012, she and her family purchased the school when the former owner, a friend, expressed a desire to move out of state and asked if they were interested. It's been incredible to watch the school's growth in the ensuing decade, she said. Quote, I just walk around with my mouth open, unquote, looking at the new space, she said. Quote, it's amazing, unquote. One of her students, however, she visits at home. Earlier this year, the school was contacted by Wish of a Lifetime, an organization that works to grant wishes of senior citizens. A local woman in her 90s used to play piano. She was recovering from a stroke and could only partially move her left hand, but it was her dream to take another lesson. Cottingham volunteered to give her a lesson and now donates her time to teach her every other week. One week, the woman was discouraged because she couldn't play a piece with the limited motion in her left hand. Cottingham rewrote the sheet music so she could play with only nine fingers and she was so excited. Quote, that's why I teach, unquote, she said. Bill Travis, who teaches drums, has been with the school for 20 years. Some of his students started taking lessons with him when they were just four or five years old and continued until they went away to college. A few have even gone on to pursue music as a career. Quote, I want to be their roadie, unquote, he said with a laugh. The school had some rough patches in the years after the recession and during the pandemic, but he said he currently has more students than ever. In a place as expensive as the Denver area is becoming, he said it's, quote, amazing, unquote, to be able to make a living as a music teacher. James Nelson, who teaches drums, guitar, and bass, and runs the school's recording studio, has been with CMI for 18 years. He described the school as, quote, a place you want to keep working at, unquote, and is excited about the opportunities the new building offers. Quote, it really hasn't sunk in how much greater the potential will be to do what we do, unquote, he said. APS now accepting proposals for repurposing Sable and Paris Elementary Schools by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 9, 2022. Aurora Aurora Public Schools is now accepting requests for proposals for how to repurpose the Sable and Paris Elementary School buildings, which will close at the end of the current school year as part of Blueprint APS. Paris and Sable, along with 6th Avenue, are the three schools that have been closed or are scheduled to close without already being slated for another district use, such as conversion into a magnet school. 6th Avenue will go through the repurposing process next year. The request for proposals for Paris and Sable opened December 5th and will be open through February 10th. Proposals can come from individuals, groups, or corporations, 
or APS employees who will need to have their ideas approved by their appropriate supervisor and division chief before they are submitted. RFP submissions can be proposals to either purchase or lease one of the buildings or to designate them for an alternate use by APS. The latter option is only available to current APS staff members and does not include the buildings being converted into charter schools. The district will be holding two open houses next week at Paris and Sable for people interested in submitting proposals to learn more about the buildings, according to a message posted on the district website. Those interested in attending must RSVP by emailing repurposing at aurorak12.org by Friday, December 9th. The Paris Open House is scheduled for Monday, December 12th from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. and the Sable Open House is scheduled for Thursday, December 15th from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Both will take place at the respective schools. The district held a series of community input meetings and information sessions this fall that it will use to determine which proposals are most in line with community values. The findings from these sessions are included in the RFP document. The input sessions were hosted by Keystone Policy Center this fall. A memo submitted by the center said that meeting participants expressed a desire for community-focused facilities, but were also skeptical of the district and school board's intentions. In the meetings, the memo said that there were a range of ideas, but, quote, a consistent theme from the majority of attendees that any use of the facility should serve the community. In each meeting, more than one participant made the point that the subject schools have served as a connecting hub, a safe place, and a gathering place for the families who call the neighborhood home. Unquote. Specific ideas listed include using the buildings for a trade school, daycare center, food bank location, affordable housing, community center, or ESL, or tutoring center, among others. At one of the meetings, a current Paris Elementary student specifically asked the district to consider turning the school into a legacy center for the Boys and Girls Club, which would provide programming all year to students in kindergarten through high school. The memo also said that many people who attended the meetings were skeptical that the district would listen to their ideas and were still hurt by the decision to close these schools, which many teachers and families had protested against. The decision to close Paris and Sable was particularly contentious because neither was on an initial list of schools being considered for closure as part of Blueprint APS. Community members said they felt blindsided by the announcement and criticized the district for a lack of communication. Quote, Several participants at each session expressed both their skepticism of the authenticity of the input sessions and their frustration with decisions made by district leaders and by the board following previous engagement efforts, unquote, the memo said. Quote, Specifically, Participants stated that they felt their ideas, concerns, and requests had not been reflected in decisions made. 
these community members felt that the district did not listen to them in the past and questioned why they should engage in this process in a meaningful way. Unquote. Once the RFP deadline has passed, the proposals will be reviewed by a district committee and those evaluated to be viable will be presented to the public, according to information presented to the school board this fall. The committee will consider criteria including how financially and logistically feasible the proposal is, the partner's demonstrated track record of success, and whether the idea aligns with the district's and community's values. Presentations to the public are slated for February through mid-May, and feedback will be used by the board in its final decisions. Depending on the type of repurposing, the final decision will be made by either the superintendent or be voted on by the school board. The board must vote on decisions involving school closures and school property being sold, according to district policy. The superintendent can unilaterally decide to repurpose schools or use school buildings for an alternative district use. Who will have the authority of the superintendent this spring is currently undetermined, as Superintendent Rico Munn announced his decision to step down once his contract expires at the end of this school year and will be in a support role during spring semester. The school board is expected to name an interim superintendent, whom Munn has suggested be current Chief of Staff Mark Zaglem, shortly. No candidates apply. Aurora School Districts Still Struggling with Staffing Shortages by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 6, 2022. Aurora. Aurora School Districts continue to struggle with staffing shortages, an issue that schools nationwide have faced for years but has intensified since the start of the pandemic. Both Aurora Public Schools and the Cherry Creek School District have over 200 positions listed on their online job boards, with many listings noting that no one has applied yet. During a November school board meeting, APS Superintendent Rico Munn said the issue is not as severe as this time last school year, when the district's administrative employees started working one day a week in schools to help make up the shortfall. However, he said vacancies are still, quote, a significant concern and a significant issue, unquote. Quote, Fundamentally, one of the biggest challenges is there are just very few people looking to be hired, unquote, he said. Quote, we have a number of vacancies where we have no candidates apply or few candidates apply. That is just a fundamental shift in the marketplace that we're all trying to figure out and trying to address, unquote. The bright spot is that the district has seen its substitute teacher pool rebound after it shrunk dramatically during the pandemic, driven in part due to the fact that many substitutes are retired teachers and are hesitant to return to the classroom for health reasons. Similar to previous years, the hiring shortage in both districts is particularly acute for paraprofessionals and other support positions which pay less than teaching positions and are often demanding and intensive. Quote, our biggest areas of need in hiring right now are for bus drivers, 
custodians, paraprofessionals, and staff who support students with special needs. Unquote. APS spokesperson Patty Moon said in an email. The APS job portal had almost 100 classified non-teacher positions listed on its job board in December. Cherry Creek had listings for 90 paraprofessionals, along with openings for a number of special education teachers and other specialized roles. Quote, it's hard to say how we compare to last fall because it is constantly changing. Unquote. Cherry Creek spokesperson Lauren Snell said of staff shortages in an email, quote, Anecdotally, we think we are in a better position this year than last year because of the increased para pay. However, we are always hiring for paraprofessionals, food nutrition services, bus drivers, and teachers, unquote. All Cherry Creek employees received a 5.2% cost of living pay increase for the current fiscal year. And as part of a market study, paraprofessionals received additional raises based on their experience levels. One said that APS is working to recruit and retain more teachers, in part by passing a pay increase of 8.5% this summer that was the largest in the Denver metro area. A group of district-level staff was also recently impaneled to try and problem-solve and see whether there are ways the district can streamline or improve its hiring process. Along with district principals and administrative staff, the group also included board member Vicki Reinhardt and Aurora Education Association President Linnea Reed Ellis. In an email, District spokesperson Corey Christensen said that the group has been meeting over the past month to discuss potential solutions. Quote, it's too early to share any specifics from the meetings, but we're optimistic about the results of the discussions. Unquote, he said. Reed Ellis said that staffing shortages are particularly concerning because they increase the burden on the existing teachers and staff who have to take on more work to fill the gap. Quote, it's really straining the people we have, and we worry that it could further drive away educators because the workload is just so difficult. Unquote, she said. Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.